Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. In this episode, I'm interviewing Lorraine Murphy all about blending business with babies. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com slash littleblackbook now to steal my little black book of social media secrets. You're listening to the Stevie Says Social podcast. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Stevie Says Social podcast. I am Stevie, and as always, I am here with a really exciting episode. No, but I actually am excited about today's episode because I'm talking about something that is very relevant to where I am at in business and in life at the moment, and that is blending business with a baby. Now, that has all sorts of ups and all sorts of challenges as well, and somebody who really understands where I'm at at the moment is the lady that I'm interviewing, and it is the amazing Lorraine Murphy. Now, Lorraine, for those of you who don't know who she is, is an award-winning entrepreneur. She's a best-selling author and she is a speaker. She has done all of the things. Now, in December 2017, she sold the Remarkables Group, which was Australia's very first blogger agency, or we would know them these days as influencers. And since then, she's gone on to do great things. But at the moment, she is promoting a book called Baby, You're Remarkable. Now, I first came across Lorraine when she first released her first book. How many times can I say first, right? (laughs) 
which is remarkability. And it's all about kind of her entrepreneurial journey, which was really interesting for me to read because where I was at was kind of at the very, very start of my business. Now, I'll go into it when we uh, start our uh, conversation, but I really felt the need after reading that book to reach out to Lorraine and to let her know how much I resonated not only with the book, but our similarities. And I've never really done that before with one exception, which we will talk about, but it just goes to show how much that kind of, that book really uh, jived with me. So, you know, if you're in business, it's something that I would highly recommend that you read. But her latest book, Baby, You're Remarkable, is all about juggling or not juggling because she talks about why she hates that word, but blending business and babies. Now, in this conversation, we cover a whole heap of things that really resonated with me after reading that book. And Lorraine has really graciously gone into more detail around lots of the different things that I'm experiencing at the moment and lots of the things that resonated with me. So if you're thinking about having a baby, if you currently have a new baby, if you have been through it all before and, you know, it's something that you think that you would resonate with, then today is the episode for for you, or this is the episode for you. Now I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to get straight into our chat, but guys, if you enjoyed it, what I would love for you to do is to snap a photo and to post it on your Instagram stories and tag both me and Lorraine in it. I would absolutely love to know whether, yeah, some of the points that we talk about, I have a feeling others will resonate with as well. And I would love to hear from you if you do. All right. That is enough from me. Let's get into the chat with Lorraine. Hey, Lorraine, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I feel like we put this, I think we put this interview in when you were still pregnant. So it feels like it's, yeah. it was, it felt like it was going to be ages away. And then all of a sudden we're doing it today, which is just crazy how quickly time goes. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat all things, yeah, business and baby. And as you said earlier, I think on your Insta stories, it's just coming at the perfect time for where you're at with it seven week old oh my god yeah yes. seven weeks yeah. uh today oh, which is crazy birthday, yeah Jimmy. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny I've been taking photos of him every week oh uh, you're one of those moms that's really page. good at that I was crap yeah. at that yeah so that's organized <laughs> but it's just crazy I was looking back on yes. um, my iPhone just to see how much he's grown in the last seven weeks and I'm like oh my god yes. he's gonna be like a little boy before I know it <laughs> Uh, um, But funnily enough, I actually was looking back on the first time I contacted you, which was actually after I read Remarkability. So Remarkability is your first book. And for everyone listening, if you haven't read it yet and you're kind of into business journeys, you have to read it. But I read your first book, I think it was about a year ago, and I jumped onto your email list. And I think you sent out one of your weekly emails and I wrote back and literally, Lorraine, like I never write to people I don't know. Like I'm not that person. <laughs> and I wrote to you. I think actually the only other person I've randomly written to, which is so weird. I can't believe I'm even admitting this. But um, <laughs> I went to a Mumford and Sons concert a few years ago and I was like, they are so amazing. I just need to write to them and tell them. <laughs> amazing they are and I told my partner and he's like Stevie you are such a weirdo they are never going to listen to that anyway so Mumford and Sons and you are the only people that I've ever written to without (laughs) knowing and I just like I just felt so called to reach out to you because I read the book and absolutely loved it because I'm two years into my business and just couldn't believe this forever wow 
two years. So I quit my job uh, two years ago next month. So on my birthday. So um, which is crazy, but When's your yeah, birthday? there were so many similarities. Like I remember reading the book and we were born in the same month in the same year. Yeah, I was just asking we were when your London birthday was because my birthday is 1st November. So you must be in and around. Yeah. So mine's the 19th. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so many similarities and I was like, oh my God, I need to, you know, reach out Thank to this girl. You. And I, I think, yeah, that was about a year ago. Yeah. So, and then you went to Bali um, after me, I think. And I was so jealous because I was back from Bali and you were still doing your amazing adventure. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And we moved to Gold <laughs> Coast, like but you're still there. Ago. We ended up moving back. So yeah, lots of similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway. Um, and then you brought out so your, so your third book, which is Baby, You're Remarkable. Yeah. And that book literally, I got it. So you sent it to me. I bought it online uh, when you released the pre-order, I but I you. had it sent to me the week before I went into hospital to have my first baby. And it's all about for everyone listening, blending business, blending babies. And I was like, oh my God, this is just the perfect timing once again. Yes. So something about, yeah, perfect timing for different books, but definitely yours have kind of come into my life at the right time. Oh, thank you. And maybe one day we might actually meet in real life, which would be special. Totally. hundred <laughs> percent. Go crazy and actually meet in real life. I know. Yeah. It's one of those things, right? You make all of these Instagram friends and you're like, we should actually kind of, mm. you know, catch up and do it. In <laughs> Yeah. Um, now for everyone listening, tell everyone a little bit about what it is that you do. And um, we'll talk about Baby You're Remarkable after that. Yeah, perfect. So I am obviously originally from Ireland for anyone who, you know, and one day I feel like I'll say that and people <laughs> go, no way, accent. you sound Australian. So I arrived in Australia um, 10 years ago this year, actually 10 years ago, last February. And my background was PR and comm strategy. And I worked in, in mostly actually beauty PR and a bit of lifestyle PR for quite a few years. And I met my husband on a random doorstep in Sydney. Um, I actually came here with my English ex-boyfriend. We didn't last very long once we moved to the other side of the world together. And I met Wade (laughs) three months later. And he was very pivotal for me in my business journey because I really, I had never really thought of myself as a potential entrepreneur. I kind of just saw myself moving up through the ranks of my PR career. And that would be kind of, not that that would be it, but I didn't really think any bigger than that. And Wade's mm. a really big thinker um, in terms of he thinks big about his life and he sets goals and he makes them happen. And that was so foreign to me. So he was very, yeah, he's a very pivotal person for me to meet. And, and then I started to get into the personal development world. I started to go along to some weekend seminars and realized that I would actually really love to start my own business. But I just didn't know the first thing about where I would start or I didn't know my I didn't have an idea for a business. I just knew that I wanted to start one. So I probably had to wait about a year for the business idea to drop in. And that was to start the first talent agency for bloggers back then we called them. Now, obviously, we call them social influencers or just influencers. And it had never been done in Australia before. There were a couple of kind of loose models like I wanted to create in the States, but it was really bringing a first to market business to market. And as I said, I just didn't know the first thing about where I was going to start with this. And I quit my job and I started the business. I I worked on it for six months and then started the business in my spare bedroom. That was the 16th of May, 2012. So I've been... Remember the exact day. You always remember the exact day. Hey, Yeah. And it freaks me out when I'm saying to people, well, what's your actual business birthday? And they don't know. Yeah, totally. But I think a lot of people... So my business birthday is my actual birthday. Ah. I quit and I like was like, I need to make this like a, you know, a remarkable day. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do it on the day that it's my birthday. What better way? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
Um, so, so yeah, the business was really pushing shit uphill for the first six months. Can I swear on this, by the way? Sorry, I should have Yeah, go for quiet. it. Okay. A bit too late, obviously, now. Um, yeah, yeah. Shit, shit, shit. So I started the business, had no idea what I was doing. I was a total rookie. Um, and the first six months were really pushing shit uphill in the business because I just didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, and it was the mm. first to market business. You know, it was all the first. And really, if I look back, there was no reason why that business should have succeeded. Uh, but happily it did. I stuck at it and I ran that business for five and a half years, had some amazing experiences. We won a shelf full of awards. Um, I got to go to Necker Island with business chicks to, to spend some time with Richard, Sir Richard Branson. Um, yeah, just had a brilliant time, built an incredible team who I kind of see them as my best souvenir of that business. I'm catching up with one actually tomorrow morning. She moved to Canada oh, to start awesome. her own business and she's back for a visit. So I'm getting to see her again tomorrow. So so that business was an amazing adventure. Uh, probably about halfway through that business, myself and Wade decided, okay, we should probably be thinking about this baby thing. I was 33. And it was actually a conversation, you'll know, obviously, from the book, but there was a conversation with a, a woman who I really respect in my industry. And she said, you know, you should be really thinking about this this baby thing now. Um, because she, unfortunately, was it wasn't in position anymore to have kids. And she, it was one of her big regrets mm. at that point. And, and I think still is to a certain extent with her. And mm. um, so I was like, Oh my God, rocket up ass. We need to get this sorted. So um, we had the conversation the following weekend and we, we started trying for a baby. And of course I thought it was going to happen overnight because I just saw it as another business, a business challenge to overcome. And I was amazed when it didn't happen overnight. <laughs> and it actually took us 18 months to get pregnant um, with our daughter and, and I think that was a big journey. We'll obviously talk more about that further on the, down, down the track. But our beautiful Lexi eventually was born on the 13th of June in 2017. I had brought on a business partner to the business with me uh, when I was maybe five months pregnant. And we'd spent a lot of time getting her, her on board and she was awesome. And she pretty much was the the caretaker and the, 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 the main caregiver of the business while I went and I say I want a maternity leave, but I actually wrote most of Get Remarkably Organized during that period. I think I wrote 80% of that book. I finished it while Lexi was, oh God, we were in London that week. She was, I think she was nine weeks old when I finished that book. So oh, it was, you're amazing. It was a lot of writing. Um, My brain is mush at the moment. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I will say, Stevie, I was getting sleep. Like Lexi was, I mean, she, she didn't sleep through until six weeks, which is still freaking early. But um, I oh, was getting yeah. sleep. So, you know, please, and I, for anyone listening, please don't put yourself up as comparison with that because, you know, I was sleeping. She only ever woke up for one night feed a night. We we were blessed. Oh, like we were blessed. Wow. Um, but Jimmy slept for five hours straight oh, last night. Oh, that's that a massive win. the first win. time he's done that. Yeah. He's only seven yeah. weeks. That's amazing. I had to double check the time. Yeah. 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 I was like, how is it 2.40 a.m.? Oh, I don't understand. Go Jimmy. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's crazy how, you know, sleep really Oh, it is so um, much. It affects everything. Like, yeah. It really does. So yeah, I do yeah. just want to be really clear. Like while I wrote the book, you know, I, I was getting sleep. And also I will say that I did definitely push myself too hard in the early days after having Lexi. Like I went to a business event mm. when she was nine days old. Um, oh, I read that in the yeah. book. I couldn't I, believe I, it. And I felt that. fine. I really enjoyed it. I went to the business. Sorry, we're on a massive tangent now, but I'll just stay with this for a minute. Just given where you're at now as well in this year, exactly where I was at back then. Yeah. Um, I went to an awards ceremony. I remember chatting to the guy who was running. I went to the Umbrella Awards, which is like, I think there's 1,200 people. I think it was actually, yeah, it was 1,200 people there that night. I was in the full-on hair, makeup, dress, running back to the hotel room to feed Lexi. Um, that was when she was two weeks old. I wrote the book. We went overseas when she was six weeks old for eight weeks. 
you know, I packed a lot in um, and looking back mm. and you'll know this from reading the book, I wouldn't do it like that again. If we had another baby, um, mm. I would take it a mm. lot easier because I got, um, I got a breast abscess, which I think was my body's way of saying, just chill the F out for a while. Yeah. So anyway, massive tangent. Totally. So had Lexi went back into the business uh, three days, four days a week when she was three and a half days, sorry, three and a half weeks old, not days. <laughs> that would be intense. And that, that would be intense. intense. And, you know, my big remit, because my business partner had done such an amazing job at, you know, the operations and running the business, my big remit was to get out there and get new clients on board. So I was really in that. I was loving being back in the business, probably for the first six weeks. And and then I think the shine started to come off it and I started to realize, well, if I'm going to be spending time away from Lexi, it needs to deliver maximum ROI. And there's one experience that I write about in the book where I went to a conference she was about four months old, four, maybe five months old at this point. And I just didn't want to be there. I wasn't learning anything. I felt like I was only there because I, I should be there. And, and my whole mm. plan with that business was to build it up, take it to the UK. Myself and Wade were planning on moving to the UK last February to start the business over there and him to start his. Take it to the US, take it to Asia, grow it into five global offices in the next five years, then sell it out to a massive multinational corporation, do my earn out for two years, and then I'd be free, inverted commas, to go do my my soul on firework, which is speaking, mentoring, and writing. And then I had a bit of a moment that day I went to that conference when I really missed her, like as in my heart ached for her. And I hadn't experienced that before with her and being away from her. And I, and it was a one day conference in Sydney. Like she was eight minutes down the road at home with their nanny. Mm-hmm. And I just, my heart just ached. And, and I just realized if I'm going to be spending time away from my baby, it needs to be the stuff that's really setting my soul on fire. Because if that ROI isn't there and you social media chick, you'll know this, you know, return on investment. And it wasn't in terms of, I need to be making a thousand dollars an hour if I'm going to be away from her. It was more just in terms of my work, my ROI from that. And I just realized that yeah. influencer marketing was a space that I had loved and had given me so much for five and a half years. But I just realized that I, d- I don't want to wait around until Lexi's eight years old to pursue that soul on fire stuff. So I ended up selling the business to my business partner. We, we got that sale organized very, very quickly. And then from the start of 2018, then I was doing this business, which is called Remarkability, but it's really the Lorraine Murphy show. And and as part of that business, I do one-on-one mentoring with entrepreneurs. I do online programs. I run retreats, which I didn't really realize was kind of an accidental thing. Retreats have been so powerful for me. And I'm actually running three retreats next year. I ran one in Bali last year. And I saw those I retreats. They look I amazing. I wanted to reach out to oh you God, for the I one in looking February. at it, I was like, ah! I think you'd love the one in yeah, February, yeah. but um. Yeah, I didn't want to put you. Yeah, you're probably not there yet, especially if you're feeding and so on. But if you want, I will send yeah. you the program. I'm very happy to send it to you. It's in Byron. I was looking at it on your stories when you were in Bali and I was like, oh my God, that is me yes. all over. Yeah. And you know, I think that's the thing with our businesses. Sometimes we just find something that helps us so much that we just feel almost like a duty to go and create something that's going to help other people in the same way. Totally. And, and then obviously writing the books and speaking. So that's in a very quick nutshell probably wasn't that quick that's what I do and who oh, I am and honestly as he was talking through then there is like a million I know I want to break down. <laughs> I'm like I'm not going to interrupt no, you, but... you ask away. <laughs> oh my god okay so let's start at the start so the very first thing that kind of really resonated with me in the book and then when when you're chatting about it just then as well is you talking about because I was in a really similar there's so many similarities mm. so I'll keep kind of referring back to me um in terms of you know, your journey, because I think it's so similar to mine, but 
you started your business, right? And I reckon, I don't know, for me, like I'm two years in and you had a much bigger business than I did, but it's kind of your first baby. Yes. And I really felt like, you know, I was such a driven career person. You obviously felt the same way. Mm. And for some reason, I don't know why, because the first time I kind of even thought about kids, I was, so I didn't meet my partner till I was 33. So I didn't even think about kids till I was, you know, 34-ish. Mm. Um, and it just was never on the agenda. And similar to you, like you were just saying, you know, like you'd never really thought about, okay, I should actually think about doing something soon. Um, and even once you did, it took 18 mm. months. And that is exactly the same situation no way. for me. It's so funny. I was, ah. Yeah, exactly the same. So it was 18 months from when I decided to have a baby and I was exactly the same as you. I was like, yeah, you know, like we'll just try and it'll happen and I'll start making plans in the business and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. But then you kind of like, oh, it's not happening. And then you get to the point where you're like, is it ever yes. going to happen? And that's a whole different kettle 100%. of fish. Yeah. But it's something to do with, I think, people who are really business-minded and really driven and obviously like you're such an organisation person, you kind of think you can control yeah, everything. absolutely. And then like a baby is like completely uncontrollable but even the process of kind of, okay, I want to fall pregnant, this is something I want to do, you can't control yeah. it. And it's one of the first times in your life, I don't know if you felt the same, but like, you know, where you've just got to surrender mm, I guess I was just going to say that word and, and, and people had told me that you know people far wiser than me and, and much more mature than me had said that and I was like yeah yeah I can surrender and then you know meanwhile frantically making plans for okay what's well, going to be a month later than I planned and a month later so I think for me yeah. that was you're so right that was the big lesson for me in in it taking us 18 months to get pregnant um was that that surrender and to mm. I think first surrendering to okay well it's not going to happen like I happened I expected it to be you know really if it had happened when I expected it to be, Lexi would almost be starting school now, you know, meanwhile, we've got a, a two-year-old, two, two-year and four-month-old, um, beautiful little girl. Yeah. So I think that was the surrender lesson that I thought I'd learned. And then we, Lexi went post-date. So she was born at 42 weeks and three days. So that was the kind of the next, oh my yes, that was the next experience <laughs> of surrender. And you know, it's so funny. I was like, again, it's like, you have to, sometimes you've got to learn the lessons over and over because I'm so organized in my head, I was like, I'll fully go early. Like fully, this is going to happen. I'm going to be so efficient. And then every day after uh, like 38 weeks, you're like, why is it yeah, not today? Yeah. Why is it not today? I know, it was insane. So yeah, then then the surrender was, okay, 42 weeks and three days. Okay, finally, I went into labor at 42 weeks. And then it was a three and a half day labor, which again, I was like, efficient. Mm. I'll get this baby out. Not get this baby out, but you know, it'll be an efficient birthing process. And it was three and a half days. Really? And then we had planned to have a home birth. And Lexi um, did, uh, it's called meconium when they do their first poo inside you. And then it's, it becomes a, a respiratory ch- problem. So we needed mm. to transfer to hospital and she was born in the hospital three hours later. So just at every level, there was surrender. And I actually think finally, by the time we didn't have the home birth that I had, you know, meticulously crafted in my mind's eye, by then I actually fully surrendered. And I think by then, and I think that helped me in the early weeks as well, because I was just so surrendered to, okay, well, I don't know what kind of baby we're getting here. I don't know how I'm going to be. And it really helped me, but I had to go through it multiple times <laughs> before it actually was driven yeah. home. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I <laughs> am the most detail-oriented <laughs> person. I am such a planner. And 
I actually remember going in and talking to my obstetrician and I was like, so, you know, like what percentage chance is there that the baby will come, you know, like within oh, I asked a week all those of, questions. you know, the 40 weeks yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and he actually like sat me down and he was like, Stevie, I know girls like you, which I actually took offense yeah. to. I was like, what do you mean girls <laughs> like me? But he was like, you can't plan this sort of thing. And, you know, the, the sooner you realise that there's nothing that you can control when it comes to a baby, you know, like not just the birth and that sort of thing, this, the better off you'll be. And he's like, you know, I've seen girls like you take their laptop into, you know, the delivery, not the delivery <laughs> room, but the post. And I was like, oh, my God, I was thinking about potentially yeah. taking my laptop not in and all this it. sort of thing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, like you just have to completely. And I agree. Like I really think that the fact that nothing really kind of went to plan in inverted commas, even though it never can, helped me out and has helped me out in these few mm. weeks because I've really had to go, okay, cool, I'm going to go back. And I actually was reading to the, the part of your book in the first couple of weeks after I had the baby where you were saying you regretted um, doing so much in the early mm. days and that really kind of was playing on my mind. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back, even though Jules is a stay-at-home dad, I'm going to go back and do some work and blah, blah, blah. But... I'm going to be okay with whatever gets done, nice. gets done. And I saw your post you know, the other day and that, you know, this was went to your big day back and actually he was unsettled and yeah. he you and that's, that's going to take priority. And it is what it is. And I'm actually really grateful as well in the lead up that I did some of the planning that I needed mm. to do to be able to have the choice. Yes. So at the moment I'm in a position where I can work if I want Great. to and not if I want not to. Me. And one thing that you talked about in the book was having like skeleton yes. um, weeks yep. and I found that really helpful. So I don't oh, know good. if you want to kind of have a chat about what yeah, that sure. is. Yeah, sure. I'm trying to remember it now. Um, yeah. <laughs> when did I write that book? <laughs> uh, so for me, and this is, I guess, as a result, and I'm looking back, this is what I did, even though I didn't even realize that this was the system, or the approach I was taking. It's the the process that I will coach my mentees through when they're getting ready to Get, get their business ready for them to go have a baby. And the first phase mm. is about preparation. So what are all the things you need to get done in order to, to, to prepare, whether it's with your team or systemizing your, your processes more. Or I know for you, I mean, you did a big launch the week after Jimmy was born and I messaged you going, wow, this is amazing. And you said, well, it's, it was already done. Yeah. You know, it was organized. It was I was like, oh, that's so good. And I think Jenna Kutcher, who I'm sure you follow yeah. as well, um, she talked a yeah. lot about that. She batched three whole months of content. I think that was like something, something like 40 episodes of her podcast or something. So oh there was God, no, there was extremely... no break in service at all for her audience. She had everything ready to go so she mm. could take that three months. And I think you've done it like a stellar job of that as well. Um, so mm. that first phase is about preparation. And then the second phase then is about the, the skeleton, like you said. So it's doing the bare minimum in the business so that you can be, and you know, I'm speaking to business owners here, um, it's, it's been the, doing the bare minimum just to keep the lights on of whatever you need to do. So for me, that was my weekly uh, whip with my, my, sorry, my business partner. Um, so I'd have a weekly whip with her. That was my bare minimum. And I wanted to get into my emails every couple of days for probably those first like two weeks when Lexi was born. And we were working mm-hmm. on a big project at the time that, you know, I thought I would be kind of fully out of the, the birth stage by the time it rolled around. But by the time Lexi made her sweet entrance, it was kind of, it all backed up on itself. So I would take a couple of calls from the team if they were just troubleshooting someone, something, because it was a, a project that I had, I had a lot of creative input into. And, and then the next stage yep. then is transitions. That's when you transition back into your business or, you know, if you're, if you're an employee back into your career and Pam, who's one of my friends, she's got an incredible business called Total Image Group. And she shared a tip from my book that was, she went back into her business, which is a family business, a big family business. 
And she took her little boy with her into the office for the first month and she didn't do any external meetings. So she only did internal team meetings. And that was that was kind of her way of stepping back into business as usual. And then the Love fourth that. stage then is business as usual, but it's going to be a new business as, as usual. So, you know, for me, I used to work five days a week and I mean, I would never, I would very rarely work late at night because my brain doesn't operate that way, but I could go and do three day speaking engagement if I wanted to, whatever I was doing. So the new business as usual for me was about, okay, well, you've got four days to work a week. One day was in the Remarkables group and one day was for my remarkability side of things. That was mostly running my mastermind at that time when Lexi was born. And, and one day was with Lexi and, and obviously the weekend. So it's whatever your new business as usual is. Um, so I think for me, stepping mm. through it as stages made it more, it made it more accessible and it just breaks it down. And also, I mean, maybe what you felt that day when, when Jimmy was unsettled was that maybe the, the day wasn't there. I mean, that was really the first of your, probably your transition days. And maybe the stages just need to move back a little bit. Like if you're not ready to go full business as usual or full transition, or you want to stay in skeleton for a bit longer, the beauty of, you know, how incredible a business owner you are is that you've created that reality for yourself that you can slow the stages down, whether it's a week or a couple of days when you don't feel ready to progress onto that next stage. And I also firmly believe yeah. this is a slight tangent, but I believe that our babies will tell us when they're ready as well. So Lexi didn't want to take the bottle. I started trying to give her the bottle when she was 11 weeks old and she was having none of it and I was <laughs> this is yeah me I was Jimmy freaking at the out because I was like baby I'm going back to work three days a week I'm going to be in an office and your daddy's going to be with you one day a week and you're going to be with your new nanny two days a week like I, I I can't be stressing about you not being fed you know when she was exclusively breastfed and um, mm. and I was freaking out so it was like a full-on training program we went into for 12 weeks and then I remember the first day she took the bottle from my PA at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And um, so what we actually had to do when I went back to work. <laughs> so I was at uh, the WeWork space in Sydney. Um, that's where the business had moved there while I was on maternity leave. And what would happen is her nanny, Eva, would pack her into the car. I'd give her a feed before I left in the morning. Eva would drive her over. We were 10 minutes away and she would drive her. We'd go up to the feeding room. I'd feed Lexi. Eva would take her home. And and then she would go down for her afternoon sleep and then I would be home in time to give her her afternoon feed. So, you know, oh it God. was, it was, it was fine. It was manageable. But I remember one particular day where I had a meeting, which was an hour outside Sydney and it, it coincided perfectly with Lexi's afternoon feed and I wasn't going to be back in time to give it to her. And again, totally refusing the bottles. So the way we had to do it was the nanny drove myself and Ashley on my team to the meeting with Lexi in the back. I fed her for 10 minutes before I went into the meeting Eva took her for a walk around the block while we did the meeting. We came back and I drove her home. Like it was just insane. <laughs> Isn't it? And you know what? Like before you have a baby, there's probably so many women that have been yeah. through similar things and you've just been completely totally. oblivious Totally. That's to exactly it. Like, it. You have no uh, idea. No idea. You have no yeah. idea. Do you know, I am completely like I had no idea about babies before <laughs> I had mine and I didn't even know, okay, this, I can't believe I'm even so many things that I can't believe I'm even admitting, but I even know what a breast yes, pump was. Like yeah. I was that completely like <laughs> out of the baby land thing. And it actually makes me look back on, you know, like even corporate jobs that I had when there were mums that, you know, would have been expressing because they had to get milk to their baby during their days and blah, blah, blah. And it's just this whole other level that, you know, before you have a baby, you have absolutely no idea mm. what it involves and that extra level that, you know, people who have kids go to for their yeah. kids while still trying to 
I don't want to say juggle, we'll yes. talk about why <laughs> soon, but like, you know, you know, blend having a business and yeah. a baby. It's just, I have so much newfound Yeah, it's like an appreciation that you moms. never realised before. Totally. Yeah. And the point yeah. I'm making with so, this story is a very long-winded way of saying it is my friend Peter actually messaged me at the time because I shared something on Instagram going like, oh my God, she still won't take the bottle, I'm wigging out. And she said that maybe it's her way of staying close to you. Like she's happy for you to go back to work. But but maybe yeah. she wants to keep you a little bit closer, which is her way of doing that. And then it was almost that once she acclimatized to, oh, mom, mama goes to work, she comes home. And I know, you know, we don't think that they think about things as consciously and as intentionally as that. But I, I believe babies understand everything. I always talk to Lexi as if she understood every word I was saying and, and still do, yeah. even though, I mean, she's verbal now, but there's still, you know, some things that are, you would think would be beyond her. But I believe on an energe- energetic level, they understand what's going on. And, and I felt yeah. that was so powerful. So maybe Jimmy with yeah. the bottle thing, he's just trying to keep you that bit closer for the moment. And then when he's Do ready, you know, you'll I, be ready. I could not agree. Yeah. Like I actually feel like it's so funny because Jules is a stay at home dad. I always had in my mind because I've just been completely oblivious that it would be a matter of, you know, he would take over all of the duties. I could always, you know, express milk, you know, he could feed her, um, Jimmy, blah, 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 blah. But I think you're actually a hundred percent right. Like I've, especially because I feel like he's going through a leap at the moment. But I feel like, you know, he just wants his mum and he wants to be close to me. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Like, you know, you can kind of say, yeah, okay, like I'll I'll pass off this job and it can be Jules's job and that's what he does. But I actually just think he wants Mm. his mum at the moment and I think that's his way of kind of showing that. And Lexi's almost two and a half. Yeah, it's interesting. Very often just wants her mum. And you know what I used to find when I would – so when I sold the Remarkables group and I was working, I actually moved to a co-working space, which was literally like a two-minute walk from our house. So Lexi would be at home with Eva. Um, Eva would give her her morning bottle. I would get So she would get her afternoon bottle as well. And I would come home and she might have just had her afternoon feed like 20 minutes before I came home, but she would still want to feed. And, and she wouldn't feed for mm. long, but I almost interpret it's almost like her docking in, you know, like a docking station. It's like she just needed to plug back totally. in. So it wasn't about yep. the milk. It was actually just about that connection. It's about the comfort. Yeah, and just like, okay, you're yes. here. Let's connect yep. in. And okay, cool. It was really lovely. I yeah, miss coming home so to her funny. being like, actually said, oh, wanting your little feed. It was very sweet. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's so beautiful. Like I have to really, where I'm at at the moment, really realize how fleeting yeah. it is. And like, I actually love when he's with me and, you know, like he's doing that and that's not going to last forever. And, you know, work will always be there. Yeah, so, yeah. um, but one of the other things that, that really resonated with me was when you were talking about how you, you were talking about the conference and you're at the conference and you just felt different. Like mm. you felt like, you know, the Lorraine before having a baby was completely different to that Lorraine. And like, I feel like that at the moment, like I actually feel, I don't know, like it's almost like a softening yeah, around that's such a good way how you feel it. about work. Mm-hmm. And cause I literally love what I do have never minded spending like 14, whatever, however many hours there are in a day. Cause it never really feels like work. Right. Mm doing the work but now after having a little baby I just feel different Mm. and it's so interesting because I'm just trying to reconcile in my mind at the moment what does that mean for the way that I structure my work day and what my business is going to look like next year especially going into planning and all of that Mm. sort of thing and I just think it's such a it's almost like your mind, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's almost like your mind reconfigures itself. Yes. Like the way that you're wired is just 
reconfiguring yeah. itself. I don't know. That's kind of how it feels like for me I anyway. I think it was a rebirth for me, 100%. It was everything yeah, shifted totally. and changed. And, you know, my mission still felt the same, but everything, how I was getting there was very, very different. And I don't know if you remember in the book, I shared something that one of my favorite healers in Bali, his name is Jimmy. He's like a real Oka. Oka is that? What, yeah, he's Aussie. Like he's that. as Aussie as they come. He's amazing. Yeah. He's like six foot four. If you were walking down the street and you saw him on the street, you'd probably cross the road. Like he looks that scary. He's like a skinhead, 64 <laughs> years old. He's awesome. Um, but he said something oh. to me. I saw him when Lexi was, so I went and did an eight pray love with Lexi for eight weeks when she was eight months old. It was like my delayed maternity leave after I sold the business. Oh, when you said, like when I read about that, I was like, I oh, it was special. And it was the best time to travel <laughs> with her. It was just brilliant. Um, and obviously yeah. it takes a bit of faith in you and your baby that you can do it it was it was really special I, I love that time we had together mm. and Jimmy I saw so I saw Jimmy and I was talking about you know where I was at and he said you know women are in a trance even if they don't breastfeed your body creates a trance for you he's like how else would you someone who in his words didn't have time to scratch her own arse before you had this baby like how else would you find <laughs> you know hours a day to feed her and bathe her and wake up to her during the night yes. and he's fully convinced that for the first 12 to 18 months you're in a trance because that's, it's almost like nature's way of making sure that you prioritize this little helpless being. Oh, and you do. It is like the number one mm. thing for you. Like, yeah, 100%. Like I really feel like, especially with Jules being stay-at-home dad, I keep taking Jimmy off him and I, you know, like I need to really honour, you know, it's a hard balance at the moment because I need to honour him yes. as a dad and, you know, his, his job yeah. and all of that sort of thing. Totally. But I really feel like exactly what he said like I feel like I just I've made the space when I didn't even think I had the hours mm. in the day to get the work done that was on my plate like I now have so much time to like go down to the cafe yeah. with Jimmy to Aww, walk with Jimmy so to good. feed Jimmy yes. like all of this sort of thing I know it's so cute but it's just such an interesting position for me to be in because I just have never yeah I've just never had the time or maybe I've just prioritized things differently yeah, you know yeah who knows so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is really relevant to me at the moment too, and Jules will never listen to this podcast, so I can <laughs> wait on either, um, so we can go for gold. <laughs> um, is relationships and babies? Yeah. So, um, you talked about it a little bit with Wade, and it's just. I don't know, like you obviously hear before you have a baby, right? Like having a baby is completely going to change your relationship mm. and blah, blah, blah. And I and like it's an obvious thing. It's going to happen, right, because your priorities shift and all of mm. that sort of thing. But what I've found has happened with Jules and I is it's been something that we've really needed to work through. And I actually sat down with him. So for everyone listening in Baby You're Remarkable, you talk about um, sitting down and actually like working out mm. priorities. So, you know, what's important to him, what's important to you, blah, blah, blah. So Jules is not an entrepreneur. He's not someone that is um, that way minded, but he's really passionate about other things. So he loves surfing. He loves paddling. He loves doing all of those things. And so since we've had Jimmy, we've literally given up all of the things that makes mm. us, you know, feel like us. And we had to really sit down and go, okay, at the moment, we're not that happy. What do we need to do in order to get to the point that mm. we're happy? And that's something that you did with Wade. And I actually just, I thought that was absolute gold because, yeah, like you hear people talk about how different things are going to be, but until it happens to you, you just have yeah. no idea, yeah, right? hundred percent. And you know, mm. I think becoming yeah. a parent is a big enough deal in its own right. And then as you would have read in the book, like 
Lexi arrived, we, we had a lot going, we've, we've had a huge amount going on in our lives for the last two years, like to the extent that I feel like even one of the things that we've weathered together would probably fell quite a few other other couples. And we've dealt with, you know, probably six or seven really big, I don't want to say life changing, but pretty momentous things, whether it's his business was, yeah. you know, it's been in its early days, it almost went bankrupt early last year. Um, me selling my first business and really heading back into startup mode. And I think I underestimated, I think I thought I'd just click back into, okay, let's just do this. And and actually I've, I've had to figure out a whole new business. Like digital marketing is something I never, ever had to do before. Content creation is something mm. I never had to do. So, so yeah, mm. it's been a lot of learning. There's been a lot of, you know, we, we attempted to move to the Gold Coast last year for four months, moved back down again. It's just, it's just been a very, very big couple of years. Um, you'll know, I spoke publicly about the fact that we lost a baby in June this year. So we found out, we thought we were 12 weeks pregnant and our baby didn't have a heartbeat anymore. So we needed to go through that, you know, pretty horrific experience. So, so it was, it was awful. Corrine. I just, um, thank yeah. you. But I, I think, so I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I think having a baby alone is a momentous life changing thing for most couples. And, and I, I feel, and I really want to be clear about this in my book, because I know Lexi, hopefully will read that book one day. She's interested. And I didn't want her to feel that the challenges that we're having as a couple and have been having over the last couple of years are because of her. Definitely an element of it is yeah. because of, you know, adjusting to this new role, but also there's just been so much other stuff going on in the background as well. Yeah. So I think yep. in terms of the biggest challenges, and, and you know, I, I did a whole chapter on our relationship in the book. I think the biggest thing, probably a couple of really big things for us has been the less opportunity to connect with each other as a couple and not as parenting and logistics and baby baby HQ. That's been a really big one. Totally. And actually something we've started doing only in the last couple of weeks, but it's been really good is going for a walk. So at the moment, Lexi's in daycare three days a week and then she's at a nanny share on a Wednesday. So her nanny normally comes and picks her up at 7 a.m. on a Wednesday and takes her down to Bondi in Sydney where she where she's in her nanny share and then one of us pick her up um but I asked Eva and she's still the same nanny which is really lovely um asked her if she could come at 6 a.m instead so she comes at six she waits for Lexi to wake up she makes us a batch of green smoothies and then she gets Lexi up at seven and she takes her while myself and away go for a walk so this morning we got to walk for an hour and a half together and, and just actually talk because and you know you're you're at a different stage to where we're at right now because Jimmy might cry or fuss or you're like oh is he still breathing you know the classic new parent thing (laughs) whereas now for us Lexi's actually trying to join in the conversation so and she wants things and she wants her teddy bear fork and not the other fork and you know etc so that's been really really great for us I think the other thing that was game-changing for us which I think is what you're referring to was taking time at the start of this year to actually sit there we, we took a day Lexi's daycare opens during Christmas which is just amazing so she went to daycare as usual and we went to a beautiful beach with our clipboards and we worked through it's pretty much the exercises that I would guide a mentee through we went through a life audit of where life is at right now we planned out our five-year vision so he did his and I did mine and then we compared notes and it was just so mm. heartening and so encouraging that they were almost mirror images of each other it was just really nice because I think we oh, felt awesome. quite out of alignment over the previous few months so just to feel like, oh, we're in alignment again. And for me, the happiest times of our relationship have been when we're most aligned, like when we're both batting yep. in the same direction almost. Um, we planned out our one-year vision. We mapped out our goals together. And then we actually had to do this on a separate day because we ran out of time. We sat there and I've got a perfect week template that I work with my mentees on. And it basically just means you plan out your ideal week. So I did that, he did that. And then we pretty much had to do one together because 
we don't have any family support. Uh, so if we want to go to the gym, one of us has to be home in order for the other one to do that. Or yeah. tonight I'm going out for dinner with girlfriends and that requires Wade being home tomorrow night. Sorry, I'm going to the Marie Forleo event in Sydney, um, which oh, I still think you it. should go to tonight. I'm very happy to workshop solutions <laughs> with you on that. Uh, so I'm going, you know, and for me, in order for me to do that stuff, Wade needs to be home. Um, in order for him to go to China at the drop of a hat, like he needed to do last week, you know, I needed to be home. But then I was also going to Queensland. There was this logistics required. So I guess what I'm saying is, it was a very big negotiation process. It probably took us two and a half hours to get to a week that was going to suit both of us and feed both of us mm. and enable him to get to the gym, enable me to get to yoga, um, and so on. So that was game changing for us because we got that alignment. And I think. If we didn't have that infrastructure in place for this year, I think we would have struggled even more than we did struggle. And I, I'm very clear in the book, I never want to put myself out there as saying we've got the perfect relationship because we don't. And I'm very, very honest about that. But the fact is we're together 10 years next week and we're still here and we're still committed and we still love each other. And we still are excited to build what we want to build together in terms of our family and our businesses and our lives. So I think without that infrastructure this year, I think it would have been a lot more difficult than it was. <laughs> And, and it's smaller yeah, things as well like every Sunday though. we have our weekly meeting like we plan through the week together because that 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 for us now that's a non-negotiable because it just cuts out so much planning during the week we both know where we need to be and we can plan meetings around that we can plan exercise we can plan catch-ups with friends or time mm. to ourselves and and that's that's really important that's an absolute non-negotiable we probably haven't done that because one of us was traveling maybe four times, four weeks of the whole year. And those weeks, I can tell you, they were so difficult because you're every yeah. single day, then you're going, what are you doing today? What am I doing today? And then that's when arguments start. Cause <laughs> like, well, does. I don't have time. <laughs> you know, right yeah. down to who's cooking dinner on what we day. We haven't gotten, you know, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, well, Jill's always oh. cooks the dinner <laughs> in our house. Keeper, <laughs> Jill's the keeper, in case you didn't know already. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like we haven't gotten to the point of the Sunday, um, the Sunday sort of, planning but we definitely did the perfect week and it has been just so nice because you know Jules said I really feel like I'm not myself when I'm not exercising and you know that's affecting my mood and you know we fight and and that's literally the reason just because we're both Mm. overtired and you know whatever else it is and so like we've put in you know he wants to do training two days a week and he wants to do you know xyz and I want to go to Pilates two days a week and I want these kind of set days to have work and I want this day as a quiet time and you know and we've actually mapped that out and like he was just like Stevie what the hell are you doing because then I put it into like a of course you did what else would you do like I set it up on his phone and he's just not that way minded (laughs) and um but now it's like you know like that's set and you know I'm not going to schedule podcast interviews when he's doing training because that you know that's his time and that's just a complete non-negotiable and you know I got that from you and it's really changed so so much because we don't even have to have the conversation about it it's just like this is how it is we've both spoken about it this is the agreement and I can already see like just in terms of it's just a little things right like our mood around you know I've got time quiet time to work and that makes me happy he's got the time to do his things and that makes him happy and then it's not kind of blaming the baby for not being able to do the things yeah. we want to do. Yeah, because, so, you know, it is possible mm. that just it requires a lot of negotiation and, and communication. Yeah. Yeah, love yes. that you guys have done that. Well done. Okay, it's not easy so, to time to make that happen, so well done. It's not, yeah. <laughs> Final thing, because I feel like I, talk to you for I seven hours. selfishly want to talk about <laughs> it. I know, I've got so. 
it's just so perfect because it's just the yeah. perfect time for me to be kind of like, okay, cool. You need to tell me everything you yes. know about business yeah. and babies. Well, I wrote the book for you, so let me give you, get you halfway yeah, there. Yeah, totally. I feel like you wrote it yeah. for me. I was just reading it going, okay, cool. This is perfect. <laughs> um, but traveling with yes. a baby is something that you talk about at the end of the book and one thing for me, so when I was thinking about having kids and I have never been the sort of person that has just been like, oh my God, I want to have kids at any cost, blah, blah, blah. It was very much like, if it happens, it happens, especially in the 18 months where I didn't know if it doesn't, mm. I'm okay with that as well. So, but one of the things that was kind of like, I'm okay if it doesn't work out is that I was worried that I'm such a mm. traveler, right? And I love having my freedom and I love all of that stuff. And um, I was worried that having a baby would mean that I wouldn't be able to travel and do all of the things that were on my like travel and freedom bucket list. And then I absolutely love that you went to Bali for a couple of weeks. A couple of months. We did eight weeks. I love that you travel for a couple of months. That's what I mean. Yeah. Which is awesome. So we did eight weeks, but without a baby. Um, Still awesome. And I was talking to Jules. I was like, so this girl that's on Instagram, (laughs) so she did it with a baby and like, we can do it. And he was like, yeah, you know, we'll go anytime you want. But um. But traveling with a baby now seems so much more doable because you have given me all of your hot tips. So, um, yeah, for everyone listening that's thinking about, you know, okay, cool, I want to do this potentially, like I want to do the digital nomad life or I want to do whatever it is and I don't want having a baby to F things up basically. (laughs) What are some of the tips that you shared in the book? Can you share it with everyone? When we, so I was kind of, we were already committed to a trip when Lexi was six weeks old. We thought she would be more like freaking nine or 10 weeks old, but she decided to take her time coming. Yeah. Uh, my sister was getting married back in Ireland. So we got on a plane with her when she was five and a half weeks old um, for the first time. And it's so funny. Which is just like, what is that? 24 uh, hours? Yeah. 24 hours back to, oh, 22 hours. Yeah. But by the time you factor in travel, you know, transfers and all that kind of thing. So it's just funny because people were wigging out that we were on the plane with such a small baby. And we were like, dudes, this is easy. Like she pretty much just ate, slept and pooed and weed. That was it. She was just like a blob. Yeah. It was I great. guess like probably <laughs> a good the best time. time. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you've got a toddler yeah. that's like, oh my God, I want to touch everything and get And I was and breastfeeding. So, yeah. you know, there was no bottles or food or anything, snacks required. It was so good. So I think for me, yep. I think popping yeah. my cherry for want of a better description, I think was good because it kind of got us used to it early on. Because I think quite often mm-hmm. people really start wigging out about traveling with their kids when they're two or two and a half and they're getting on their first flight and they're like, oh, how am I going to deal? And it's not even flying anywhere, but it's even just doing a long car trip. You know, some people are like, oh, it's my first time doing three hours in the car with the, the baby and I don't know how they're going to go. So I think for us, just it was kind of by necessity. We just flung ourselves in there pretty early. That that was really, really good. And um, in terms of when she's now older, I think it's it's being as prepared as you can. I mean, this so much I could go into detail on this but it's being prepared as you can without bringing everything in the kitchen sink like there's going to be an element of having to wing it Mm -hmm. like I remember we took Lexi back to Ireland again in February and so that was her second yeah it was only her second time back there and we used up all our nappies on the plane so for some reason she just seems to go to the toilet a lot more so we were literally on our last nappy and we had just landed in Abu Dhabi. The plane was packed. You know, people did that thing where they're just dying to get off and they just crowd the aisles. Yeah. And Lexi did a massive explosive poo, like massive. <laughs> and I smelt it and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so bad. So I had to like shoehorn my way into the toilet with her, the bathroom, like is in the toilet on the plane, clean her up. But we had no new nappies. So, uh, and she had like dirtied, we'd also gotten through all her clean clothes. So I normally packed two or three changes of clothes. And even at that, we'd, we'd gotten through them. 
So yeah, I just had to wrap her in, you know, those crappy fleece blankets that they give you on long haul flights and just like cross her fingers that nothing else would happen <laughs> until we got through security towards our next flight. So there's an oh element of, of being organized, but then there's an element of like, you just have to wing it and go with the flow. Um, yeah. What I would say, and I can obviously only speak from experience with Lexi, like anytime we've given her a challenge, like a long journey or a long car journey or getting her up at 5 a.m. because we need to make a flight, like she's risen to the occasion every single time. She just goes mm. with it. She's just amazing. Mm. And I think because we try and stay chilled with her as well, that we're not like, oh, is she going to be okay? Is this okay? I think she kind of feeds off our chilledness as well. I think that is a massive part of it. Yeah, because if you're wound up and anxious and like... Yep looking over your shoulder all the time like well that's what they're yep. going to be doing so I think could not agree more on that yeah keeping as chilled as possible means that they're chilled the other thing I would say you know when I took her to Bali for eight weeks Wade came over halfway through for nine days I think and then my mom and sister came towards the end but the rest of the time so pretty much for I think for, well what would that be five weeks of that time it was me and Lexi solo what I would say is particularly if you're traveling in developing countries like like a Bali you know you can get help there a lot more affordably than you can get here you know, mm. nannies in, in, in Sydney are talking about 25 to $40 an hour for a nanny, whereas in Bali, it's 6 or $7 for someone mm. incredible. So that's something else I would say that it's if you're traveling in, you know, developing countries and, you know, even maybe elsewhere. I know, God, my sister was telling me what she pays her childminder and I almost cried. It was so much cheaper than what we pay for daycare and a oh, nanny. Wow. Um, yeah. So I would just say it is possible to get help on the ground. And obviously you want to get someone whose word of mouth is referred on and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I would just say it's a lot more possible than you think it is. You obviously need a lot more stuff with you. Um, but I would say, like, I, I, I love traveling without Lexi because it's just easy. I've got one bag and just me to get from A to B, which is awesome. Yeah, get but on the traveling plane with her, wine, you know, sit down. Such, yeah, <laughs> read the magazine on the plane for once. Yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, when I, when I do travel with her, it's so much fun because you get to see it through their eyes and you make so yes. many friends because, of course, everyone wants to talk to the cute kid. Um, yes. I mean, there's so many tips. One big one, actually, that I would just quick one I would share with flying. Um, so I used to breastfeed Lexi on the way up and the way down on the plane because it relieves the that. pressure on her ears. But then yeah. once I stopped breastfeeding, I was actually really worried. I was like, crap, what am I going to give her? And she loves mm -hmm. coconut water. So what I'll do going through, like heading down to the gate every time we fly is I'll get two bottles of two cartons of coconut water and I'll put them into a bottle. Um, and she sucks. She'll drink that the whole way up. And then I've got one for the whole oh, way down. Um, so that's that. been really, really helpful because I was actually, it was actually really on my mind. Is she going to be okay? Cause I know I hate when my ears are popping. Um, but that seems to totally relieve it for her. You just need to keep the bottle out of sight because if she sees it before takeoff, she's like, no, no, <laughs> Give me the bottle. And then, then the timing's all off. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's like just that. one small thing um, that I would no, share. That's been the big godsend for me. I, yeah. So all of your tips, I'm literally just going to like read them before my, because my plan. So next year, I basically want to do a whole heap of travel around the States oh, and love. I want to go and do like a stint in Bali. So when we were over oh. there last time, we made friends with people that had nannies exactly like you said over there yeah. with their little ones and just made it seem so doable. And I was like, okay, cool. I've had a baby. It's not over. I can still do all of this stuff. I just yeah, have to be more sure. organized. But yeah. I was like, what are the details? so yeah. um when, when you're planning let me know because I'll put you in touch with our nanny Asti who was so she looked after Lexi for eight weeks and she was just oh, awesome amazing like really amazing done thank you so much Lorraine that's okay I'm like do we have to stop this is fun <laughs> we'll have to like, like catch up again for a part two <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he's asleep. So he's been asleep in the lounge room for like the last two and a half hours, which oh, is nice. really good for him. You no, know, he's saying, Mama, like, you can great, go to Marie you know, Forleo. Um, I'll make yeah, this work yeah. for you. I'm- <laughs> oh, you've kind of inspired me. I'm like, how can I just make it oh, happen? Make it you know what? Fun. If it was, so just I'm on the gold coast. Just make Khalil it work. You know, figure it out. We're saying you, you have to leave that to happen. I just, you know, what I worry person. about at the moment. Yes. Yeah, if it wasn't an hour up the road. So for everyone listening, Marie Folio is tonight, and I can't go because Jimmy's being very fussy. But um, yes, if it wasn't an hour up the road, I would potentially think about it but I just I'm at the kind of mum stage at the moment where I'm still kind of a little bit scared to have him out in public in Mm. case he just starts bawling um I actually took him to a cafe last week and he was really good but he did a massive poo explosion (laughs) right at the very end I was like oh my god if it wasn't your baby you'd be like I would never do this for anyone else Oh, good times. But anyway, no, I'm really grateful. And I'm so grateful for your book. It's come, as I said, at the perfect time for me. And it's been really helpful in terms of just navigating this, you know, tough, but amazing few weeks. So thank you for the book. And thank you so much for sharing everything on the podcast. I am yeah, very, very grateful. Here. Thank you. And yeah, you know where I am. If you need anything at all, I'm 100% here. So thank you for having me. It's, yeah, I can't wait to connect with your listeners after after this goes out. So thank you. So actually on that point, where can people find you if they want to, you know, more Lorraine in their lives? More Lorraine. You can get more Lorraine <laughs> on Instagram, which is the, the platform I'm most active on. So at Lorraine, at Lorraine Remarks. And also my website is LorraineMurphy.com.au. And I have my own podcast as well. So you can find all the, yeah, it's the Lorraine Murphy show. It's not very creative. So uh, not very inventive because <laughs> I figured, well, everyone's just going to search for Lorraine Murphy anyway. So, so yeah, the Lorraine Murphy show, no, my, my second seasons, by the time this airs, it'll be live. So, so yeah, that, that's. And the second season is all about organization. Yes, read? all about organization. So the first one I called my expert what season. So it was me interviewing all the experts that I've leaned on. It's, it's quite, it's more business focused for the first season. And, and then the second season is all about organization because I did a survey on my podcast listeners and yeah, 92% of them said more, more life organization. So I'm giving people what they want. And yes, it's going to be eight weeks of life organization tips and ideas and tricks and all that kind of thing. Awesome. And guys, I will put all of the links in the show notes. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you.